Hello, 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 and welcome to the Behind the Curtain series, where from now until the end of the year, we're going to be letting you in on what it's like to be a part of the Step Queen Inner Circle. If you think that this podcast has changed your life, then being a part of the inner circle is a whole other level and we can't wait to let you take a peek inside. Each episode that we release from now until 2022 begins is going to feature some of our most vulnerable coaching conversations and some of our most profound and transformative takeaways that can be found buried inside of Step Queen courses and workshops. I hope that you enjoy this peek behind the curtain. This week, you are getting to take a listen to a conversation that I had with one of our amazing, beloved members of the Stepmom Story. Your Stepmom Story is Step Queen's signature flagship program uh, where we have dozens and dozens and dozens of stepmoms from all around the world who have joined us for life inside of this program and your stepmom story is hands down the best most transformative most powerful most supportive online support community for stepmoms in the whole entire world part of what you get when you join your stepmom story is monthly coaching calls with me. So every month, I and your sisters from all over the world sit down on Zoom and have conversations about the things that are interfering with your peace, with your happiness, with your goals, with your dreams, with your relationship health in your step family. And I help you sort through those and get to the other side of them so you don't have to do this darn stepmom thing alone and you have some guidance in your back pocket and you have a community to come home to whenever you need that support. So this week, uh, the conversation that you are getting to take a listen to is with one of our members who really wanted to know, you know, how to become more patient and understanding toward her 10-year-old stepson. Now, in this conversation, she ends up telling us that her stepson has some behavior patterns where he will backtalk, he will make comments about her weight, he will call her stupid and some really nasty things and give her a lot more attitude than she feels comfortable with on many more occasions than she would like to see. So she reached out to us. She reached out to me in our group coaching call for some support of how to navigate this really tricky situation with her stepson. She wanted to know, you know, should I be correcting this behavior? How can I correct this behavior? How can I stop this behavior from happening? And if you're listening to this episode and you also are having trouble figuring out, you know, where is your role in discipline with your stepkids? What do we need to be saying to our stepkids when they are saying things to us and about us that are hurtful or mean or maybe even questionably abusive? So for the sake of privacy and to protect our sister's identity, All of the identifying details about the members have been taken out of this call. So you might notice there are some weird sounding beeps (laughs) that are 
meant to blur out the names. There's just censoring the names inside. Uh, you also might notice that the conversation feels a little bit choppy. And that's only because the pieces where um, our member is speaking have been taken out again to protect her privacy and her family's privacy. Uh, we really value the sacred space that is created inside of the stepmom story. And part of that is knowing that Nothing that you say inside of that group is going to be taken out for the world to hear. So without further ado, please forgive the beeps that you hear uh, that are blurring out, beeping out, censoring our sister's names. Um, please forgive the little bit of a choppy conversation that we're having where you're just going to be hearing me talk. Uh, but otherwise, grab a pen and some paper if you're not driving and buckle up because this is a great conversation. Enjoy your peek behind the curtain. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. There's been something that's been really coming up for me a lot in my day-to-day life, uh, in like the books I've been reading and the podcasts I've been listening to and like what social media is feeding me in my feed. Um, and so when I get a message like repetitively passed to me like that, it's usually for a good reason, right? It's usually, it's usually because that's a lesson that I need to work on myself or a lesson that, um, would benefit you guys or something that I need to go down the rabbit hole and figure out. So, you know, when I get enough of these coincidences of, of exploring a specific topic, I really, I really dig into it. And so right now that, that thing that has been coming up for me so much is on something called polarity, okay? Depending on like what sorts of belief systems that you have, some people call this the law of polarity, um, but even if you don't consider it to be a law, I mean, you can't really argue with the fact that human beings as a general rule, we kind of live our, our lives on a binary, okay? And you've probably heard me talk if you've gone through Uplifted, which I think everyone in this group has gone through. If you've gone through the Uplifted challenge, I talk about the binary in different language, meaning we talk about like what's right, wrong, good, bad, okay, not okay, good behavior, bad behavior, good enough, unworthy, etc. And so what that looks like for lots of us who live a human experience is that we really live our lives in this state of believing that there's a good and a bad for everything, right? There's black and there's white there's right and there's wrong for everything. And so developing, cultivating mindfulness really helps us to kind of, A, acknowledge the other side of the polarity couldn't exist unless what we believed was true was true, right? 
there could be no good behavior without bad behavior. There could be no bad behavior without good behavior. You require that contrast. You require that opposite end of the spectrum in order for something to suit your belief system or oppose it. And so what can happen for a lot of us is that we get really settled into this cocoon of, of our identities, what we believe is right, what we believe is wrong, what we believe is good, what we believe is bad. And then when things come along that oppose that, that polarize that, we have all sorts of emotional reactions to that, all sorts of stories that come up about that, all sorts of feelings that come up about that. And I in no way, shape or form want to get into like a vaccine debate here tonight. That's not, I'm putting that boundary. I'm not having that conversation tonight, but we don't have to look any further than the polar, the polarity between that argument, right? We don't have to look any further than the polarity of um, politics, political leanings. We don't have to look any further than the polarity of pro-life, pro-choice, right? The thing is that when polarity becomes so strong, what happens is that it creates a really big separation. And in creating that separation, your ego, okay, which is a whole other part of you that we're not going to get into too much today. Your ego basically says, all of those people are wrong. I'm nothing like them. I am right. I am true. Everything I believe is, is gospel and everything they believe makes them a shitty person. And so it seeks out information, truths to validate that. Okay. So why am I telling you this? Why am I rambling on about polarities and, and the laws of polarities and binaries and what this has to do with you as stepmom? We're going to get into talking about discipline of kids. Okay. Um, I know posted a question in um, the group. I just replied to it like an hour ago, maybe. So it's in there if you haven't had time to check yet. But it seems to be um, a couple, at least a few underpinnings of what's happening here is really um, kind of some polarization happening in what sorts of behavior we believe is acceptable for kids and what sorts of behavior we believe is unacceptable for kids, right? And so we're settling into this, we're cocooning ourselves into a polarity where what we believe is the only truth and what other people are doing is right or wrong based on that truth, okay? So I want, as we continue through this conversation and all of our conversations that we're having tonight and or tomorrow, depending on where you are, or today, I mean, um, and even when we get off this call, I really want to invite you to kind of look for some evidence of polarity in your life, some examples of polarities in your life and not to get judgmental with them and not to like beat yourself up or create any kind of meaning about them. But more just to observe what sorts of things happen in your body, what sorts of things happen in your thoughts, 
what sorts of reactions that you kind of have when these polarities are put in front of you. So when someone with the opposing vaccine stands to you, voices their opinion. What feelings come up in your body? What stories come up in your mind, right? What's your reaction? Do you want to jump in? Do you want to run away? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, not to get judgmental or engage in anything, but just to start to explore this part of you, um, this really beautiful part that all of us have, right? We all share, we all share a propensity for polarity. We all have black and white thinking, right and wrong thinking. We all do it, right? So if you have an experience like this, someone else in the world is having an experience like this. So it's not meant to be isolating or to call you out or for you to get into your stories or anything. It's just a, more of a thought experiment. That's my homework I'm going, going to assign to you over the next little while. And probably as we start to explore the issues that we're having tonight, you know, these issues with discipline. I saw some um, issues with, of course, with the ex-partner, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be a lot of polarities at play here. Okay. So if you notice the theme of me asking, you know, what are, what is your belief about right and wrong? That's where this is coming from. This is kind of what we're going to play with. This call, moving forward. It's been very enlightening for me in my own life. I hope it will be for you. If it's not, that's okay. So, who would like to have a conversation about their stepkids' behavior? Navigate that. So, paint me a picture of what sorts of reactions or responses you have to your stepson when he does something that you don't necessarily like or agree with or doesn't feel good to you? What's your reaction? Um, okay. So you have like an internal, a big internal experience, but externally you just withdraw? Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's no like reacting to him. There's no like you don't get into a yelling match with him or so he sounds like he's like pretty angry right obviously um like it's 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 really it's really hard because it's like on one hand It's like by not saying something, by not confronting it, by allowing it essentially to happen, it's like condoning essentially like abusive behavior, right? Like arguably some of the things that he says probably could be interpreted as as being sort of abusive things. Um, also, once boys started getting into this like preteen teenage phase, they start getting bigger right the like fear of like is something gonna actually happen to me becomes a very real fear right like there's gonna come a point in time where he's gonna be bigger than me he's gonna be stronger than me do I need to get ahead of this now like all, 
all of these things may or may not be going on in your conscious or unconscious thought patterns where it's like, is this a matter of like personal safety and needing to keep myself safe? Or is this something that I think is something um, situational or reactionary or whatnot? Has he seen a counselor therapist after his parents split up? Uh, yes. So a couple of things are coming are coming up for me. One of them is this question of like loyalty binds, right? Where kids get confused about which parent to be partial to and which is like, okay. And, and, you know, especially if there's like a higher conflict or a relationship with kind of some animosity underneath it, it's like kids don't know who is okay to be safe with. Right. But I think maybe the piece that I, or the place I want to pull on with you and with everybody is this is this thought that we have as adults that when kids say certain things that that is a behavior that needs to be disciplined or punished away right there's like a really gut oh where'd you go Is she gone oh there you are okay <laughs> um <laughs> he just moved on my screen. Um, there's there's kind of like a gut reaction, especially because of probably the way that most of us were parented, where I'm wrong if this is not applicable for you, but I'm going to assume it for a bunch of people on this call, so I'm going to go there for a second. Um, we have this kind of gut reaction, especially depending on the way that we were parented as kids, to want to say something like, that's not okay, you can't talk to me that way, right? That's not okay. Hey, that's not allowed. That's mean. That's hurtful. Da, 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 which it is, right? It is hurtful. It's it's not okay. Like I I'm saying this to you. It's not okay. It does hurt. Like I get it. It's awful. Like what a terrible feeling to have. But the problem is that kids don't know how to communicate. Kids don't know what they're feeling. Kids' brains are not finished developing till they're 25, right? There's a part of your brain called your prefrontal cortex that is responsible for your logic, your reason, explaining your emotions, playing the tape and being able to see in the future, empathy, understanding how that makes somebody feel, right? So when we say to kids, you know, how do you think that makes me feel when you do da-da-da-da-da, their brains literally do not have the capacity to figure that out. We're asking them to do something that their brains literally cannot do. So we expect kids with undeveloped brains to have a really high level of emotional maturity that most adults don't even have. And so we want our knee-jerk reaction because, and of course this makes sense, right? Our knee-jerk reaction is that we want to shut this behavior down because it hurts us. It's hurtful. I don't want you to say those things to me. I don't want you to talk about my body. I don't want you to tell me I'm stupid. Like, do you know the kinds of things I've given up for you? Do you know, right? Do you know that I cry myself to sleep every effing night? Of course you don't, right? Of course they can't because they're kids. But the problem is 
that while we as a society, as a generation of people whose parents parented a different way than maybe we're starting to now, is that when we try and correct that behavior by shutting it down or making it wrong, we're really closing the door on connection. And so when a kid says, you know, you're stupid, the last thing we want to do is lean into that place with them, right? The last thing I want to do with somebody who's telling me that they hate my guts is to be like, I get it. I want to get into that place. I don't want to get into that place with you, right? And that might be a place that you can get to at one point in your relationship with him or with another person on this earth. It might not be, right? It might be too hard. It might be too painful. It might be too much of a stretch. That is also okay. I think the part that I would have you reflect on is that when he's saying these things to you, and this is probably applicable to you too, right? When these big acting out behaviors are happening, what they are really saying is I need help. I need help with my feelings. I need help with whatever's going on, right? I don't have a safe place. If he could say to you, I'm feeling a loyalty bind. I want to like you, but I love my mom. He would say that, right? Kids do the best they can all the time. And so, you know, three-year-olds have tantrums. Ten-year-olds tell us we're stupid. Fourteen-year-olds smoke pot in their basement, (laughs) in their bedroom and think they're being sneaky, right? What they are doing is asking for our help. And so if that relationship between you two doesn't exist right now, that's okay, right? If that's not the sort of relationship that you do want to have with him, that is okay. Um, but what, um, what I would say that we can do if we, for any of us who are not maybe necessarily in a place where our relationships with our stepkids are like super duper close, Um, we can have conversations like this with our spouses, right? So that our spouses don't try and punish the behavior out of them, right? So that our spouses can hopefully do the work necessary to be able to lean into those conversations with their own children who have a better chance of actually connecting in those moments, right? A good example of a response to for a mean remark that's a great question is like so in in Bill's case you know, you're you're stupid I hate, hate you and I know that this is also like a big ask right because for a lot of us this might be enough to like flood our nervous system and shut us down this might be enough for some of us not to be able to logic and reason our way through this right we might shut down here of being able to empathize and validate in that moment. And that's also okay. We've talked about many times having this fire drill, right? Now that we've had the conversation and we get to see this with a different lens and be like, oh, he's actually asking, he's crying out for help right now. He doesn't mean that. He doesn't know what that means. It's totally misdirected, 
right? Like my son Rory tells me every day he doesn't like me anymore. I don't love you anymore. I don't like you anymore. He says that every single day, right? He doesn't know what that means. He just doesn't know how to express these feelings. So when you can look at this with like a different lens of this kid is really screaming out for my help, it kind of helps to maybe not flood. And if you do flood, that's okay. You can just remove yourself, right? Where's your fire drill for when you flip? Have that practice out. Um, if you are able to stay in your front brain, if you are able to logic and reason your way through that, you know, if you can bring to mind an example in your own life when you've been validated, when you've been like fuming mad or really hurt and somebody's been like, you know what, I get it. Like how that just like de-escalates that situation. You feel so seen, right? And so when kids, if kids are like, you're stupid and you get down, like something else that also helps is like when you're not towering over kids, when you like get down to their level, like sit down, open your arms, relax your body posture and say, you must be feeling really frustrated to say that to me. Not don't don't say that. How dare you? Right. That's not going to change them. They're not. Oh, you know what? Actually, you're not stupid. I was just kidding. Like no finger wagging is going to get a kid to be like, oh, I was just kidding. It's going to make them hate you more in the moment. Right. That goes for this. It's the same with like our partners. It's the same with our friends, with our moms, with our sisters, with our brothers. If they're like, you're whatever. And you're like, you know, I'm not like yes, you are. (laughs) So you can think of a response that you could have, like, you know, in your text messages or in your emails you can have like canned responses <laughs> you just like type a code and then it pops like a it like auto populates a sentence for you if you can yeah. start if you can start with you know coming up with like one or two really empathetic and compassionate validating responses to you and then and you can and you can you can remove still remove yourself from the situation right you don't have to stay there and take that behavior. You're still allowed to hold the boundary of like, you can't talk to me like that. And if you do, I'm going to leave the room, right? You don't need to verbalize that in the moment. You still are allowed to protect yourself. But if the goal is to kind of create some connection, the way to do that is going to be probably a little bit uncomfortable until it's not anymore, right? I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace, Love, Stepmom. And not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, it's pretty freaking awesome. Peace, Love, Stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your stepfamily without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace. Because if you are listening to this, then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace Love Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. 
So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts, tag me in your stories, let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better and Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend. <laughs>